It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. And now, this is the Neighborhood Podcast with New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, D.C. Matthews. I don't know the words. Wacky Tube people, welcome to the Neighborhood Podcast. I am New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, DC Matthews, along with the outlaw, the unofficial, the unendorsed Doc Manson, at DC Matthews NAI, at Doc Manson. Doc, it is 8.14 in the morning. You are drinking a giant mug of coffee. How are you doing this morning? Wait, let me let you finish your breakfast before I allow you to answer that question. So I'll just show NXT TakeOver was last night. Oh, he's, is he ready? Yep. It's too early. It is. It is far too early. But, I've uh, been awake for almost three hours, though. I so. hate your face. Uh, that, that's about but it. In the spirit of Bailey, I'm a hugger, so let's hug it out. All right. We're not actually hugging. No, but we're awkwardly silent. Yeah. All right, NXT TakeOver was just last night. SummerSlam is tonight. So here on the Neighborhood Podcast, we are going to bridge the gap for you. We're going to talk about what happened last night at TakeOver. I accidentally turned the music back on again. Sure you did. We're going to do some pre-decisions and some productions. I hate you so much. <laughs> I came up with that it on is. the car. I came up with that on the car ride over, and I was really excited that I was like, "Ah, predictions and productions! It's going to be amazing!" Stop giving me that look. All right, it's too early for this humor. It is. Uh, it is never too early. N a i a m. All right. Um, I had another idea while we were. I was on the way over here. Now, Doc Manson and I are improvisers. We took improv classes. Doc Manson actually has a PhD in improv. We formed an improv group once upon a time many years ago. So there is an improv game called Number of Words. So we're not doing this. (laughs) All I want is, in five words or less, general impressions on last night's NXT TakeOver. Five words or less or exactly five words? Fine, exactly five words. We'll make it challenging for you. It was really quite enjoyable. It was really quite enjoyable. I would agree with that. All right, we won't play number of words anymore. Because you're thinking of five words that we can't play on this <laughs> relatively PG podcast. George Carlin would be proud. He would be indeed. All right. NXT TakeOver last night. We have new NXT Tag Team Champions. We have a new NXT Women's Champion. We have the same NXT Champion. And where would you like to start? Do you want to go in order? Do you want to start anywhere in particular? We can start with Bailey since her music was playing. Um, let's just... As much as I, I do want to get to Bailey, but let's start at the beginning. Let's just run through the card in order. I think my logical brain that will just. I I have my notes in order, so that works just fine you for notes? me. I I took notes mainly because I had some streaming issues, and then I had some other issues, so I wound up watching part of it. 
live, part of it late, part of it this morning. So I just want to draw attention to this, to the neighborhood out there. DC Matthews cares so much about you that he is making notes on his wrestling watching experience to make sure that we have the gab to talk about on the mic for you, the listeners. That's the Neighborhood Podcast, melting faces and casting pods since 2015. Oh, yeah! Now, are you familiar with the whoa yeah phenomenon? I am not. When Daniel Bryan won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania, he had that segment with all the former Intercontinental champions. Roddy Piper yeah. was there. And Ricky Steamboat, at one point, said, I think I'll channel Intercontinental champion Randy Savage and say, whoa yeah! And there was this awkward silence because he said it completely wrong. <laughs> all right. So he's not an impressionist. He's, he's not. Give the dragon a... Uh, we'll give whoa. the dragon his due and a break. NXT began with Triple H with his not his lapel mic'd chat about it began as a whisper in the wind. I wasn't sure the that willows. the audience could hear what he was saying. I don't think they could because yeah. he had to pull out the regular mic. I thought it was a little awkward for that only for that reason, <laughs> but uh, you know he said some nice things. It, he did indeed. And then our opening match: Tyler Breeze versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Yep, that is an old man. Jushin Thunder Liger, I believe, is 50-something years old. He's I, been wrestling since the 80s. I, that's, I was going to say, Stephanie, uh, I mean, Mrs. Manson, whatever, she wanted to know uh, who this guy was, this Pokemon anime uh, Power Ranger He looks like he's fellow. on, yeah, Voltron. Yeah, I guess. And I was like, oh, he's old. He's popular in Japan uh, and, you know, all over the world, really. But I was like, yeah, I think he's been around for a long time. She's like, what he's doing here? And I said, well, I assume it's he, here to put over Tyler Breeze. But wait! No, he's not! Now, I'm actually rather proud of this, because in our uh, Twitter live predictions... DC or productions, sh- hashtag productions. Yeah, I, I, whatever that was. Uh, I said Liger was going to go over, probably because I wasn't really thinking about it. But, I mean, you brought up a good point. I mean, why would you bring this guy in? He doesn't really get anything by beating Tyler Breeze. Exactly. Tyler Breeze would gain quite a bit. And I, I, I started convincing myself that maybe you were right as I was watching that match last night. Because, you know, uh, Mrs. Manson was asking me about it. And I said, well, you know, if you think about NXT, you've got this guy, Tyler Breeze. He's been sort of lost in the mid-card shuffle for a while now, if you could call it that. He used to be closer to a main event talent, but he's kind of slipped down since then. And I started thinking about, well, how do you take this guy, this this performer, Tyler Breeze, and how do you propel him back to the main event scene? Who do you have him beat on the card that allows him to do that? And to be perfectly honest, there really isn't anybody on the card that would really propel him back into that scene. Not right now, anyways. There's not enough main event guys who are kind of on the peripheral who are a big enough deal that a win over them would do that for him. And I started thinking about, oh, Jushin Liger, I mean, bringing him in, he's a big international star. You know, you beat him, then you get that rub, where it's like, oh, yeah, I can hang with the top guys in this industry and the big boys in NXT. And I thought that might have been really good for his character. But again, that was just as I was thinking about what you had said and, you know, logic, and that's sort of what it started coming out. But, again, in terms of predictions, one for one, baby! This was the opportunity. If I had some... If this was in the neighborhood studios instead of the basement here, I would be beating please, something please, right Please, please, the dungeon. Now. The dungeon. Oh, we're, we're like the Hart family. Absolutely. Calgary, Alberta, Canada. 
this is the opportunity to springboard Tyler Breeze, as you said, either to the main event level in NXT or Pipe Dream, WWE. He beats Jushin Thunder Liger, he shows up on Raw on Monday, and he's now an international star, using air quotes. There was no reason, none, zero, zero reason for Tyler Breeze to lose that match. And might I say, and maybe because of my streaming issues, lose it handily. It wasn't like a back-and-forth match for 15 minutes and Jushin Thunder Liger happened to pull out the win. A couple of palm strikes, a Liger bomb, that was it. Of, was, yeah, of the, There was some fun back-and-forth, and Tyler Breeze got to in on, you know... Some of the pandering to the crowd and stuff. There I loved a, that there part. Some back- the Jushin Liger posing on the turnbuckles, the selfie right. stick. That was all fantastic. Right. I think there was a good use. To, I mean, when I think of Japanese wrestling, obviously, I, I don't. I don't have a broad history. I don't have a broad background. Neither in it. of us. But do. I do think uh, it's more theatrical, and there's more sort of. I don't know if this is the right word, but pandering to the crowd to some degree, like more sort of crowd interaction. And I felt like that style came through a lot more in that match last night. And if that's, you know, just the style that Jushin Thunder Liger is used to or not, I don't know, but I think it went over fairly well, especially for an opening match. It was an excellent opening match. The crowd got into it. And if that was solely their purpose, I would have no problem with it. But like you said, Tyler Breeze was in the main event of NXT Fatal 4-Way with Neville and Sami Zayn and Tyson Kidd. And then he dropped off the face of the earth... You know, he had a maybe feud with the bald Marcus Louis, the Phantom of Full Sail, and then he's been doing just about nothing since then. This was the opportunity to make him a big star, and I will submit to you right now, perhaps I'm wrong, but I don't believe so, Tyler Breeze came out of TakeOver looking worse than any other wrestler who appeared. I don't know if I agree with that. But I will say Tyler Breeze is at a deficit, and I felt this way for a long time. He has a very strong character, so much so that it overshadows him as a performer. He's one of these wrestlers who is defined by his gimmick, and those types of wrestlers tend to never make it out of the mid-card. And that's a problem with him. He's a great performer. He's good in ring talent. I really like the character, but again this is a constant theme with me, if we're going to move this guy up to the main roster at some point, well, he's never going to make it past Intercontinental U.S. Championships. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You need those guys. But I will agree with you in that, yes, the Tyler Breeze character, as currently constituted, does not have a huge ceiling in WWE. He's not world champion material. And maybe he would be NXT champion material, but you can already see the mold of the main roster being impressed upon NXT. So, based off of that, I no longer really expect great things from Tyler Breeze Mm -hmm. unless he gets repackaged somewhat. Do you think this loss changes the character a bit? We did see a much more aggressive style from Tyler Breeze than we're used to. Does this change his character in any way? Is he a new Tyler Breeze moving forward? Or do we have what we're getting? As long as he's got that selfie stick... That's all he is. All right. I think we can leave it there. So, we began. Uh, that was, to me, I'm 0 for 1. I predicted Tyler Breeze. I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. But I can move past it. What I was not disappointed and discouraged about, 
I won't say it was the match of the night, but it was certainly the moment of the night for me. Tag team title match. Bamf. The Blake and Murphy factor. Gesundheit. Uh, thank you. I was being Nightcrawler. I should have oh, pretended to teleport. Versus the VOD villains. Now, I have to admit something. I'm watching NXT TakeOver. Mrs. Matthews is next to me. And she's not really paying attention. And at some point, I screamed. Actually screamed. I'm going to back away from the microphone so as not to hurt people's ears. Oh my god, they're wearing blue! Because... I hadn't realized that, and I knew at that moment when I saw that Simon Gotch and Aiden English were wearing blue that my prediction... My prediction. Our prediction, yeah. the prediction, was going to come true, and I had a fanboy moment when Blue Pants came to the ring to aid the villains. That, to me, might be the moment of the night. It was tremendous. Absolutely. Um... What is the fascination with blue pants? So do you know the story behind the name? Nope. She wears blue pants. She came to the ring and she was, I think she was going to get squashed. I don't remember if it was by Carmella or something. She was just, her name is Leva Bates, Leva Bates, L-E-V-A Bates. She's an independent wrestler and she was out and she had this weird kind of speed racer outfit. And I think it was Enzo Amore. Somebody talked about how... You know, and called her old blue pants or something like that. And for some reason, the name stuck. And now she is a cult favorite and hopefully present manager of the NXT Tag Team Champions. What'd you think of the tag team title match? Uh, you know, it was okay. I Bamf is terrible. They were wearing Iron Man tights, which was the best part of their Blake performance. Blake and Murphy are black holes of charisma. I tweeted that last night, and I stand by it today. Okay. They have zero personality. They have zero character. They are just a couple of guys who don't speak. And, you know, I mean, they're solid enough in the ring, I guess. But they do... They have zero... There's zero. There's zero character to them. There's they're, nothing to them. No, they they are they are now the minions of Alexa Bliss. Right. That's, they have a real pretty lady. That's it. That's their gimmick. We have no personality, and there's a pretty lady with us. Like they are so incredibly boring. It is. I just I don't understand how they've been tag team champions for as long. They would go to the main roster and debut much like a wet fart. Just hanging in the air before settling and being forgotten. That was Doc Matson's Poetry Hour here on the Neighborhood Podcast. I'm just saying. All right. They are terrible. You have to pick one tag team. Bamf or The Ascension. Who do you got? Who do I got? I don't even know what that means. If you had to pick one of them to, I don't know, to, to watch... Which one do you like better, Bamp for the Ascension? The Ascension. That's saying something, because I'm inclined to agree with you. And I, I think I wrote, the end of last year, I thought Buddy Murphy was going to be an NXT breakout star. He's been a tag team champion, so you could argue that I was right. But I, I won't go so far as to call them black holes of charisma, but there are problems. They get the Charlie Haas pop. I love Charlie Haas, though. Yeah, but listen to the crowd when he comes out. 
Silencing crickets. That's so true. The Damien Sandow popped in because that's the correct. Yes, I've used that with him as well. Yeah. So that so we have new tag team champions, the Vaude Villains. I don't know if that Vaude Villain gimmick is going to get over in WWE. I love the Vaude Villains so hard. I, I but I do think it's very strange that they're called the Vaude Villains and they're clearly faces. The VOD Heroes doesn't make a lot of sense. It does not get the same ring to it, I agree. But I just, with that name, you feel like they're supposed to be dastardly. Well, and they were at one point. Somebody somebody tweeted that they thought that the secret, their secret weapon, they were going to tie Alexa Bliss to the railroad tracks. I would have loved it. (laughs) That would have been freaking brilliant. And you could have had her up on the screen the entire time, like, struggling. You see the train coming. Oh, Blake, oh, Murphy, you have to help me. Oh, no, he's wrecked the track with dynamite. Come on. Your character work is just spot on. No wonder you have a PhD in improv. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, We heard later on, William Regal cut a very nice, quick little mini promo talking about the Dusty Rhodes Memorial Tag Team Classic. Now, NXT does happen to have a lot of good tag teams, regardless of whether or not who wins. They do. Jason Jordan and Chad Gable. Never seen them. Oh, they're so good. Uh, You've got the Mechanics, Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson. Who? The Hype Bros. Oh, yeah. That, uh... That Mojo Raleigh is quite the interesting character. I'm not going to even talk about Mojo Raleigh today. I'm in too much of a good mood. But you'll see him. They had an eight-man tag that apparently will be on NXT next week, where it was Enzo and Cass and the Hype Bros. I like Enzo and Cass. They're good characters. I do think they they seem to be headed towards WWE. They lost a match to the Mechanics, Wilder and Dawson, um, who are two kind of old-school wrestlers. You're talking about Enzo and Cass? Yes, I think Enzo and Cass are going to make their... Have they been NXT Tag Champions? They have not. That's, that's again, going back to that Becky Lynch thing from last week, it's a mistake, I think. I think these guys, I don't know what their background is. I don't know if Enzo or Cass have been on the indie scene for the last 30 years having, you know, these storied careers. I have no idea. I'm guessing probably not. But I think that they would benefit from some time in the spotlight. Their NXT ostensibly is, you know, a developmental territory for the WWE. These are guys that, you know, they're working on their characters, they're working on their craft. And I think that there is something about your characters that changes when you hold a title. And I think there's a valuable experience possibly there for them to actually hold those belts for a period of time and see how their characters change and adapt. Uh, I think it would make them more rounded when they finally do make their main roster debuts, and I think you're missing an opportunity by denying them that at this stage of their careers. I don't disagree. I just think they see Enzo with his shtick. They see a seven-foot-tall guy. They're seven-feet guy, and I don't think Colin Cassidy is actually seven feet tall. I think he's 6'9", 6'10". But he would be the tallest guy next to the big show, the tallest guy in the company right now. Mm. I just think they're going to capitalize on their popularity, the whole soft thing. I don't think they're ready wrestling-wise. I think but they're I passable. Think, I think by Halloween, here's my prediction, Halloween, Enzo and Cass are on the main roster and hopefully have a better shot than the Ascension did because they came up right around winter of last year and have totally flopped. Yeah. 
Now they've got a good shtick, and I think that will get over with the crowds. It's hard not to love them. Even no. Mrs. Manson loves Enzo and Cass. Well, they really they are they are very popular. But to me, it's you have to be able to back it up in the ring. And right now, you've got Colin Cassidy, who just to me is <laughs> test all over again. See, you are a wrestling fan, an internet pro wrestling fan. Mrs. Manson represents to me mainstream audience, you know, potential. And if she took to them. I mean, I don't think the wrestling really matters. As we've said so many times before, the management wrestling ability You're doesn't right. matter nope. at all. I, I will agree. I am a, whether I'm a purist or an IWC monkey or whatever. Monkey? Who, who said anything about monkeys? Hashtag IWC monkey. We were talking about gorillas upstairs like 10 minutes ago before we started recording. Meh. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, after that meh. Those meh tag team champions lost to now fabulous. Oh, let's give the Vod Villains a moment here. Just want to say, I mean, that's awesome. Good for them. Congratulations. Excellent. Top the spotlight. I love the Vod Excellent. Villains. Not just because Simon Gotch favorited one of my tweets yesterday. Oh, did he? He did. Does Blue Pants stick around? Is she? Does she show up with the Vod Villains on their first title defense, or is, is that a one-time thing? I bet she sticks around for a little bit. I, I hope so, because she, she is... She had the dancing, the curtsying. It was just a perfect fit. I yeah. loved it so much. I think much. they could probably do a little more with her, get her more into costume and the character with them, and, you know, obviously maintain the blue theme. But uh, Sure. Yeah, I think it'd be positive. Petticoats and hoop, Absolutely. hoop skirts. and I mean, maybe she has to lift the petticoat so you actually see that she's still got blue pants on underneath. I don't know, but... Blue trousers, blue, you know. Yeah, they, they have They have something to do. All right, we saw after that was the debut of the new sensation. Well, no, the new sensation is Neville, and he's also the man that gravity forgot. The new NXT superstar, Apollo Crews, taking on the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger. I have to just say, I dig the Perfect Ten. I'm a fan. Okay. I had no thoughts of him when he was teaming with Jason Jordan. He was just a guy. Now he is a very entertaining guy. I could see that gimmick appealing to the mainstream fan. Did Mrs. Manson happen to enjoy Ty Dillinger at all? I would say of all the matches on the card, of the matches on the card, this was the most P-break eligible one. Um, you think so? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well, but there was nothing to grab the mainstream attention, I don't think. Maybe, I don't think the Perfect Ten is particularly engaging yet. Uh, I, You're right. I mean, it's an interesting sort of gimmick, I guess. I'm not familiar with his work from a, the tag team time, so I really he don't know how it guy. compares. He was just a guy. He, he was just a guy. He, he still wasn't... seems like he's just a guy. Nah, but see, now he's a guy who, you know, shaves the number 10 into his head and, mm-hmm. you know. he. I, I give him way more credit than C.J. Parker. That was C.J. Parker's spot to get run over by the new superstar. He did it with Kevin Owens. I think he did it with Samoa Joe. And so, uh, Apollo Crews, this is that guy you've been telling me. Uha Nation. Uha Nation. U-H-A-A Nation. Um, Yeah, so, obviously they didn't really talk about that very much. Um, They don't really like to talk about people's past They had some promo stuff earlier. I don't think they showed it last night, but in previous yeah. NXT weeks, they've kind of talked about him a little bit. Okay. Alright. Well, he was impressive. That standing uh, moonsault or whatever. You know. Very he, athletic. He he would, he is very athletic. I'll tell you what sold me on him, because I wasn't you know, on the cruise ship. Ha! <laughs> I got I'm, a million of them. I'm really so close to punching you right now. <laughs> that joke gets a 10, 10, 10. Anyways, 
I wasn't on board with Apollo Crews until he came out. That entrance is what every NXT rookie's entrance should be like. He was pointing to the side. That's me. That's me. You know, he was looking around. Wow, that's a big crowd. He looked like what you want your wrestling, your wrestlers to look like. But you know what? It really was a big crowd. That's probably the biggest crowd that any of those guys has ever seen. Yes, but he was the only, Samoa Joe. He was the only one to admit it. He looked understandably and well, he I, looked stunned. Right. He looked happy. He looked. Oh yeah, I have to remember he's got a career. I'm sort of in my head still thinking like he's brand new debuting. No, he had, he of course, had, he would have that wide-eyed wonder if this was his debut match. But it's really not his debut match. No, yeah. but that wide-eyed wonder. I'm now a fan of Apollo Cruz because that was the kind of reaction I want my wrestlers to have. When I will say, I, I've seen a little bit of him. They did some back, they did some vignettes, like, you know, in the training center and showing him in the ring yep. and doing some training. And he had some voiceover there. And I thought that stuff was all well produced and he came across very well. Uh, his talking was, you know, mm-hmm. very good as well. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what he has to offer. He looks fantastic. He looks like he's got the moveset, like he could really... He could really hang at the top of the roster. He's got the look. He's got the physique. He's got the ability. So, we have had an African-American NXT champion before. Big E Langston was NXT champion. And he's doing so well. Are you going to hate on the New Day right now? No, but I am going to say that in the grand scheme of things... Oh, yes. The tag team division in WWE means absolutely nothing. And, you know, Langston could be doing better. He could be, and a lot of people think so. I just love them too much. I don't ever want them to break up. I don't ever want them to change. I just want them to keep being hilarious. But I'm coming around on the New Day, by the way. I'm glad to hear it. We have never had an African-American world heavyweight champion. I guess Mark Henry kind of qualifies back in the brand extension. But an African-American superstar has never been the face of WWE. Could hypothetically right now based on what you've seen could apollo cruz be that guy in my opinion absolutely and there's more to that so that was the first part of the sentence i don't know how much of this i actually want to say out loud on a microphone but do you, you, you want know, to just do you want to just let fans fill in the blanks let's here? just say vince mcmahon dot 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 african american dot 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 Booker T versus Triple H, dot, dot, dot. And we'll leave it alone. New day. Yeah. I, dot, I mean, dot, dot. I just... Nope, until you don't have to, you don't have to yeah. dig it yourself I think you know what I'm getting at. I, so. I think everyone understands what you're getting at. I liked Apollo Crews. I thought this was a great match because Ty Dillinger got a chance to be somewhat impressive. He didn't get just run over in two minutes. Mm-hmm. It was a somewhat competitive match. Ty Dillinger is the better for it. Apollo Crews is the better for it. And that's good. Speaking of that, another match, the next match, which also had that effect. And I'm going to eat some crow here. And I'm happy to do it. Not Solomon Crow, though. Mm, crow. Baron Corbin versus Samoa Joe. Yeah. I've spent all... I'm, I'm blocked by Baron Corbin. Good. He's tall and terrible. And I, the hashtag tall and terrible isn't trending, but a lot of people are using it right now. But I will say, I am not going to use it for at least until he shows up on NXT the next time. Because what I saw from him last night was not terrible. I don't know if I'd call it great, but it was not terrible. Okay, so 
you're right. It was not terrible. He pulled out some moves I'd never seen him do before, and it looked pretty good through most of it. But, don't you think that Samoa Joe could get a good wrestling match out of a wet paper bag? Yes. There is credit. To, there is probably more credit to be given to Samoa Joe for that than Baron Corbin, but regardless, Baron Corbin came out looking much better than he has lately. He was not booed out of the building, though apparently Eva Marie was. She didn't show up on the live stream, did she? Because they taped beforehand. They oh, okay. taped some matches beforehand. Well, I mean, they brought her out in front of the Full Sail crowd a few weeks ago, and she got booed off the stage then, too. I read a rumor online, I don't know if this was at NXT or not, at the tapings last night, but apparently at a recent show, she was wrestling a match and forgot to kick out. Surprise! So the referee had to kind of stop because the match wasn't supposed to be over, so he just stopped counting, and the person pinning her eventually just rolled off. That sounds right. Which is a little awkward. And I wrote an article saying I'm going to give Eva Marie a chance, and I will, but that doesn't make me feel good about having written that article. I mean, I'd like to think that she's got potential training with Brian Kendrick. You'd think that there's something there. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm assuming you've read every article I've ever written. I have not read one word of any of them. Uh, Except for the ones we used to write together. I don't think I really read those either. Uh, All right. Regardless... I brought up the match. I don't know if you remember this. We probably watched it together because it was back in two thousand. It was in two thousand two or two thousand three. Hold on, set the scene. Were we holding hands? We always are holding hands. Oh yes, I remember those days quite fondly. Trish Stratus, mixed tag team match. Trish Stratus and Bradshaw versus Jackie Gata, who is married to Charlie Haas of the Charlie Haas Pop, and Chris Nowinski, who's the guy now most famous for the concussions. I don't know if you saw this match. It was terrible. So bad that Jim Ross, who's calling it, has to admit on microphone that it's terrible. Well, I mean, Jackie Gaeta was never much of a wrestling talent. All four of them. Trish Stratus is a Hall of Famer. Bradshaw, despite what you might think, is going to be a Hall of Famer. Hell yeah, he is. But it wasn't, it was just terrible. And the point I was trying to make is it was Trish Stratus' fault. She was awful. Worst match I've ever seen. Okay, hold on a second. Is this thing on the network? I don't know if it's on the network. I found it on, I think, Daily Motion or YouTube or something. It's only three minutes and 37 seconds long, but it's just... She's trying moves, and she's just failing. Failing, failing, failing. This is pretty early in her career, then? Yes. Okay. And the point I was trying to make is if Trish Stratus can make that kind of improvement to go from this just travesty of a match to a no, Hall of Fame... But, 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 Yes, I mean, I, I understand the point that you are you making. Are, you get where I'm going? But Trish Stratus, I think, made her improvements largely while maintaining her presence on the main roster. Um, Eva Marie has had two years off and has ostensibly been doing nothing but training in the, in her absence. I mean, obviously still filming Total Divas as well. But outside of that, just training. And she's still terrible. Yes, I will agree with that. But I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I could be totally wrong. I've been wrong so many times. It's just kind of what I'm used to now. I saw a match with Eva Marie on NXT recently. It was after that promo we were just talking about. And I will say, I I didn't think it was terrible. No. It wasn't good, but she was better than the Bella Twins. And they're the champions of the division. I'm not saying that Eva Marie is going to be a Hall of Famer, though the Bellas will be. I'm not saying that Eva Marie is going to be a Hall of Famer, but I'm saying that she is going to improve. She is going to get passable to good. 
and people need to kind of give her a little bit of a break. And maybe I need to give Baron Corbin a break getting back onto the topic because he did, and it was all Samoa Joe, I'm sure, but he didn't do bad. I was surprised. That was the only, I was four for six with my predictions. I thought Corbin was going to win. I thought Breeze was going to win. I was not happy that Breeze lost, but I enjoyed seeing Samoa Joe. I mean, Joe speaking get the of Samoa Joe, uh, I was very surprised that he picked up that victory. Yep. Um, I was somewhat convinced that they were planning to use Samoa Joe as enhancement talent on a Rhino's arrangement. With I saw. NXT. I saw your tweet to that effect. That you know, I guess he's more than just an enhancement talent. Good to know, or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I mean, fantastic. That they're maybe actually going to use him. They put him over on. You know, a new a new young guy who they're really trying to build up, this Baron Corbin fellow. They obviously they want Baron Corbin to be a big thing, and so giving Joe, you know, a win over him, I think is a good sign for Joe's career uh mm-hmm. with the WWE. Do we ever see Samoa Joe on a WWE pay per view? Yes or no? Well didn't we see it last night? Not an NXT event, an actual WWE brand in air quotes. Does he ever show up at a SummerSlam, at a Survivor Series, at a Royal Rumble? Do we see Samoa Joe on a WWE pay-per-view event? Yes or no? I know you love these kind of questions. True. (laughs) All right. Well, that's fair enough. Next up, I I got rid of the music, otherwise I'd play it again. We had... Our women's title match. I almost said Divas, but this doesn't really qualify as a Divas match. Sasha Banks versus Bailey. Your thoughts? Was it the match of the night? A lot of people on Twitter said match of the night. It was a fantastic match. Credit to both ladies. Uh, good back and forth. Very enjoyable. Glad that Bailey got the title win. Um, and Sasha can now graduate off to... Uh, the WWE. And I guess it makes sense that Sasha hasn't been coming out with the NXT women's belt, so they get to just gloss over that on the main roster and not even mention the fact that she lost her title Mm -hmm. and just continue her storyline as part of the Bad's Team Bad. Bad's Team Bad? Bad Team Bad. Because Team Bad is bad. Team Bad is bad. Uh Uh-huh. It's not good. They're, I think, the weakest of those groups on the main roster, which is saying something because Team Bella is, you know, obviously god-awful. What about Team PVC Pipe? There, whatever, you know. I think they should be called Team Change, but they're, I think, the strongest, yeah. Team Change? Yeah, Team Change. Because it's time for a revolution in the, uh, you know, Divas Division. They are the ones actually bringing change you to the division. You didn't want to call them the Power Buff Girls? Shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying, they got the different hair. Yeah, 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 I hate you. Okay, I know you do. Uh, I agree, I'm, I am a vocal person who says... I'm not a big fan of women's wrestling, but I enjoyed that match tremendously, as I've enjoyed Sasha versus Charlotte. Most NXT women's matches, I dig. It's when they get to the main roster that I have problems, but I liked it. I'm glad Bailey got the win. My hesita- Bailey to belly for the win. Bailey to belly. My hesitation, however, is I still don't know if Bailey can be the cornerstone of a women's division. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Here's what I'll say to you about that. Bailey as a character is 100% more interesting chasing that title from someone like Sasha Banks, a bully, sort of keeping her down. Now that she's obtained that title, I don't see how you really build anything around her. She's going to drop that title, I think, fairly quickly. To whom? Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. 
uh, Nia Jax, whoever that is that we saw a vignette for last I night. I thought that was Tamina. I really did. Yeah, which, knows? which I'm, I'm sorry, she's Samoan. Uh, Tamina is Tongan. That's probably very mean of me to say, but I saw it very quickly. And I was like, oh, Tamina has... Is Tamina going back to NXT? Is that what's happening? Yeah, but, I mean, I have no idea. But, I mean, you, you could have somebody debut, make a statement, beat the champion, first time out. That could be an interesting thing. I, I agree with you. She is better chasing it. I think she holds on to it for a while. I Yeah, she probably does. I am but. terrified that she's going to lose it to Dana Brooke. Just, oh, I'm just, just terrified that she's going to lose it to Dana Brooke. Maybe this is... maybe. Bamf losing the tag titles gives Alexa Bliss the chance to actually re-enter the women's division. She could be an interesting challenger to Bailey. Yeah, I don't so. remember. She, I, she's yeah. not a tremendous wrestler, but she wasn't bad. Yeah, what well, I saw. It's time, I guess, to develop some new talents in that division. So, so we'll you've see got what they, you've uh, got Emma, you've got Dana, you've got Blue Pants. Good. Yeah, which. Uh-huh. That won't happen, but... So let me ask you, do you think Bailey moves up to the main roster at some point? They were running a pretty good promo package last night, you know, with her fading out of that photograph of the four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, how she's you know, a diminished sort of character in the light of the other three who have moved up to the main roster. Had it not What's been, her future? Had it not been for her hand injury, I think she might have already moved up. You think so? I think she's Alicia Fox. Don't you think her I think character she's Bailey drowns Bell. on the main roster? Say that again. Don't you think that her character drowns? Yes. On the main, she's but, but, she's 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 a more awkward Emma. Like, I yes. don't I don't see how I I, I love Bailey. She works really well in that crowd, but she's I, the female John Cena. With the she would be making wishes. She would be giving out headbands to kids. They could have all of that merchandise. She's what yeah. gets the kids into women's wrestling because I don't think anybody on the current roster does that. You just kind of brought up a good point and made me think of something else. You know, it's one thing on the main roster for men talent with these strong character gimmicks. They get lost in the mid-card shuffle as we were talking about earlier. For the women, there is no mid-card. They have one title. There's one division. Mm -hmm. There's only one section of that card. So it doesn't matter what the strength of your character is. You're just in that division. There is no mid-place for the women's characters who don't lend themselves to Diva's championship material. And that's, I think, why Emma failed and why Bailey maybe doesn't have a strong chance either. I mean, you make up a you make a good point about the John Cena thing, mm-hmm. being connecting with the children and selling the merch and all that. And you know what? She does have that going for her, yep. and that's probably going to be good for her. But I don't know if she makes a strong impact on that roster had she been healthy it is my firm belief that she would have been she would have been adopted by the bella twins that weird high school thing she's the nerdy geeky oh they would have been picking on her the whole time yes but she wouldn't have known that they were picking on her so she would have been bailey bella or whatever and she would have come up and been with them and they would have tried you know and then there could like have, that then there could have been a whole story where she finally realizes someone tries to help her she you know mean girl style i got gotcha. you exactly yeah i like which that. seems to be the way that creative writes those divas stories anyway yeah you're right but she got hurt. And again, like with the Becky Lynch thing, this will only help Bailey to yes. be the women's champion. Absolutely. She will be better for it when she makes it to the main roster to have been the type to have held the yeah. title. Yeah. This again, her character is so strong. I I just don't know if it lends itself to championship material on the main roster. You have that her WrestleMania entrance will be they, fun now. They line 
that yeah. that entrance ramp in whatever Minnesota, wherever the WrestleMania will be, I think 33 is in Minnesota, when they line it with those floating tube people, and it will be amazing. They'll bring her to the main yeah. roster just, just for, that. for that. Yeah, you're right. Did you appreciate, were you upset with the breaking kayfabe moment with the four horsewomen at the end of that match, or were you okay with it? Fine with it. Do we ever see Charlotte, Becky, or Sasha on NXT again besides next week when I think Charlotte and Bailey are doing a four-way match? It seems fairly unlikely. I mean, that's sort of leading up to this moment of Bailey winning the title. That's sort of what they've been working up to on a week-to-week basis. She beat Charlotte, she beat Becky Lynch, exactly. now she beat Sasha. I kind of assumed that would be the last we ever saw of any of them. I, I couldn't agree more. Another talent that I don't think we'll ever see in NXT again... Mr. Kevin Owens, which is a lovely segue for us right into our main event, the NXT title match, ladder match. What'd you think? Balor versus Owens, ladder match for the NXT title. It happened exactly as we thought it would. It did. Um, it but was th- a good does, that, does that change things for you? When you know the result, does it change how how you enjoy the match? I mean, no, because you don't ever really know the result. People like to say they do, but you don't really know. They can sure. do anything. They could have Sting come from the rafters and, you know, that fart on somebody's head, and suddenly he's the NXT champion. You've, you, you've got that on the brain right now. It's the second or third time today you've mentioned <laughs> farting um, flatulence. <laughs> Let's call it by its technical term. Uh, yeah, what can I say? When it, before, Speaking of gimmicks when it's before that will never, 9 a.m., I just... Uh, Speaking of gimmicks that will never get above the mid-card... Somebody coming down from the rafters and passing gas on your head. Yeah, uh, Natalia's gimmick, right? Because that's what she, that's all she was reduced to on the main roster before becoming Tyson's kid's wife, and that's all she is now. But Tyson's kid and wife. Tyson kid's wife. Oh, Tyson kid's wife. Okay. You know the injured guy who's are got no ups- career. Are you upset Natalia is not part of the Divas Revolution, or do you not care? I don't care. Okay. She's great. Don't get me wrong. She's got a good look, and she's very talented enough. She's got the family heritage. But she's been around for a long time. She never did anything to innovate in the division. I don't. I understand why management sees her as her own quantity and wanted to instead focus on others. But I mean, I do think, as I told you before, Team Bad is bad. Um, I don't care about Naomi at all, and I don't care about Tamina. She is a black hole of charisma. And could that be a, a stable? The black holes of charisma. <laughs> Only if you want to end wrestling as you know it, because you'll have a ratings hour of zero. But, I mean, yeah, Natalia probably would be better suited on that team. She's at least an enjoyable talent, and she fills a lot of the same roles as Tamina can, at least in my opinion. She's the power, the enforcer. Kind Absolutely. Of um, That's fair. I don't know. That's fair. Um, just because now I need to know. So, Banff, Tamina. Any other black holes of charisma off the top of your head that you can think of currently on the roster besides, you know, Ryback? Ryback, I would argue, is not a black hole of charisma. The crowd loves Ryback, if well, you listen. They're wrong. That's the, my problem. Is they're just, <laughs> they can be they're wrong. They're just wrong. But they're not. I mean, you can't say he's a black hole of charisma when people are responding to him. But they're wrong! There was a time when Charlie Haas knocked Lillian Garcia off the ring apron, and no, nobody still cared. She like broke her ankle, and it was still complete silence. Like, oh yeah, I guess he's fired now. See you later. And I think that was his first night back that he did that why, as well. Why do you have to hate on Charlie Haas? Because he's terrible! I mean, he's really good in the ring, but... Oh my god, he's unwatchable. And that's, 
No, that's not what it is. Um, but what were we talking about? I had a point. What were we... Black Holes of Charisma. Oh, uh, Zack Ryder. He's an absolute black hole of charisma. He... Zack Ryder was fantastic when he was doing his underground sort of internet push, internet champion, and all that. He is completely incapable of translating that in front of a live audience. And his limited run in the WWE following his internet championship thing proved that. I'm actually very glad to see him back in NXT because I do think Zack Ryder has potential. Mm-hmm. I would say he potentially has potential. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to have to work very hard to become a a strong, main card capable yes. talent. Um, but cause when he talks, it's just like, are you kidding me? I would agree. I'd throw Curtis Axel in the black hole of charisma. Oh yeah, he's terrible. I don't think Damian Sandow is. I like Damian's when he when he was doing the "I'm better than you" gimmick. It was awesome. Um, yeah, with the bathrobe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're welcome. I don't understand how people the can say that was savior. I don't understand how people said that wasn't entertaining. Like I understand it wasn't. You know, liked he was a heel. I thought he was doing a good job with that. That's all I can say. Here's a prediction quick just popped up into my head. Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Sandow and Axel appear on NXT to take part in that tournament because they're doing nothing else. So why not send them there to I be think, part of it? I don't know. I think Axel's done. Well, he should be, but he's not. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if we ever see him again. All right, let's get back to NXT here. So, Balor and Owens happened exactly as you thought it would. I thought the match was great. Yeah, it was a good Owens match. owns that mm-hmm. crowd. And somebody, I think it was Jason Maltov at New Age Insiders tweeted, or no, I think it was Jason, that he owns the NXT crowd, but maybe it's because it's a smaller crowd. It doesn't always carry over to the WWE crowds. The, you know, he had that audience in the palm of his hand with the like he set the t- the ladder up and he's like running towards it and he stops and just slaps him in the face. The NXT audience knew who Kevin Owens was before he was Kevin Owens. Great point. The mainstream WWE fans have no idea. Mrs. Manson who, didn't know who he was. No idea who he is. No idea. Fair enough. Um, and so that's the reason why that doesn't translate because they don't have that history. They don't know who he is. They don't know why they should care. And it was why it was very important for Kevin Owens to go over John Cena so that he would be built up in the mainstream audience's eyes and they would know he was a force to be reckoned with. As you can hear in my voice, I, I, I am becoming I w- angry. I wish I wish we could see your face right now because I could just the you the there was redness that occurred, your eyes narrowed, your lips tightened. It was this is a guy who Method. deserves to be at the top of the roster mm-hmm. in the WWE. He is capable of being so much more than they are allowing him to be. But he's chubby. Yeah, yeah shut up, Randall. That's not my name. Yeah, <laughs> it is now. Randall Matthews here on the Neighborhood Podcast. All right, so Owens was great. I We'll agree. We'll talk about this when we get to our SummerSlam predictions. Uh Owens was good. Balor was good. It did happen exactly as we thought it would. Who's next? Who are the next challengers for Finn Balor's NXT title? Uh, Hideo Itami? I don't know. He's still hurt. He's got yeah. com- to come back. I thought it was going to be Tyler Breeze, but after last night's debacle, that's not happening. I thought it could be Baron Corbin. Still might be. Probably not. You know what? It could be Joe. 
I would be just fine with Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor. That's a match I would love to watch. Yeah, I don't. I, just, I don't think Joe will win it. Um, no, but, but I think that's a good place to tread some water for a month or two. I think you're right. Well, yeah. right now it is the there is going to be a story told with Hideo Itami when Hideo Itami comes back. Right now it's let's tread water until he's healthy. I think that's correct. So I think it could be Joe. It could be Corbin. You know, it could be Breeze, I suppose. I'd love to see Jushin Liger get an NXT title yeah. shot. That'd be amazing. I don't sure. know if that's going to happen. Seems unlikely. But, all right. Yeah. So, uh, NXT, if you you're, you're, you work in the educational system now in some capacity, I, of course, am a teacher. Give it a grade. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn gets a what from the unofficial, unendorsed Doc Manson? That show was good. That's not a grade. I know. I really like obstructing you. You give me these setups, and it just gives me I'm, great pleasure <laughs> to not answer the question. That's questions like you a volleyball me. player would. I give you a perfect set, and instead of spiking it, you just watch it go out of bounds. <laughs> Absolutely. And you like, like, what was that show? Daria. Do you remember Daria, the MTV show from the '90s, the animated show? Where, oh, like, she was she a was, bit character on Beavis and Butthead. At she first. was yeah. doing. She was doing all the 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 intro sequence. She would be in gym class doing all of these sports and so the ball would come at her and it would go past her and then she would kind of put a hand out weakly and that's that's what you're Daria and me here I'm being Daria'd by Doc Manson I'm gonna give it an A minus okay and the only hesitation I almost gave it a B plus the only problem I had was Tyler Breeze other than that it was an excellent show I was giddy for the first part that I watched, watching Blue Pants, Breeze's entrance, the Liger thing, uh, Apollo Crews, I was a giddy wrestling fan for a good portion and of that And so show. let me ask you a question. At what point did your giddiness dissipate? When Tyler Breeze lost. Oh. He should have. Well, that was the opening match. I thought you said you were giddy through so I got matches. giddy again. I re-giddied up. All right, all right. <laughs> giddy up. Okay. Uh, but now, the thing I actually wanted to get to was you had mentioned to me that you had some issues last night with your... Uh... I, I've, I've been having issues with WWE Network. Now, I'm watching all of these WCW pay-per-views, and for some reason, they have many more lag issues than with the, the live stream. Although, watching TakeOver, I had some issues to the point where I just turned it off for 30, 40 minutes and did other things mm. and came back during the Sasha Banks Bailey match and finished it because it was and the problem with live tweeting when you have lag issues is I'm seeing all of the tweets about moves and things you know they're like oh Liger's posing with the selfie stick and I'm not there yet mm. I'm waiting for the feed to catch up so at what point does the lag issues the feed issues become unacceptable to you had they been more extreme, well, I I did turn it off and walk away. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that was I. Are you ever going to cancel your subscription because of tech issues? The only way that I the would, thing is you can't get this product anywhere else. So the only way that I would cancel due to technical issues is if it was just virtually impossible to watch anything. Yeah. If every time I turned it on, and you know, if that happened, it would probably be an issue more with my internet connection or my the 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 method I'm choosing. I'm I don't think I'm canceling WWE Network, but I took this weekend. I spent a good deal of time tweeting at them. They have Ask WWE Network, Ask you know, and just expressing my displeasure with some of the lag issues. It's been around for a year. The bugs should be worked out. I don't have any of those problems with Netflix. I have none of those problems with Hulu. Why 
Am yeah. I having those problems? My brother has similar issues with the network as well. It's very strange because I don't have any of these issues with the network. Um, I will say last night when, during Joe's entrance, it buffered, and I had to stop the stream and go back in. But once I restarted, it was fine. I would say, on average, the live shows, there is one moment where the buffering starts. It never comes back. I have to stop, exit the app, mm-hmm. reopen the app, mm-hmm. and start again. And then it's good again for the rest of the night. But that's the extent of the issues I have. I had two or three issues, which, and I had other things going on, so I just took a break. Yeah. So I know I can come back to it. But... I had two or three issues last night, but I'm having, watching these WCW events, it's taking me five minutes to watch an entrance. And this is not like WrestleMania with a giant ramp. This is a little arena in Detroit, Mm. and it's taking me five minutes to watch Lord Steven Regal's entrance because it's lagging, it's lagging. I try to back out, the whole thing freezes, I have to restart my PS3. Very strange. Major issues with that. All right. We've covered NXT TakeOver. I've given it an A-. minus. Uh, Doc Manson has given it the grade of good, so thanks for that. <laughs> no problem, sir. You should be working in an elementary school because good constitutes a grade when you're teaching seven-year-olds. I'm sorry so to hear that. You're, you're missing out. You're... Does this mean this is maybe how I view you? I, I think we know that's how you view <laughs> <laughs> We've been friends far too long to have any Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so let's go to SummerSlam. We want this to be a weekend show. We're going to be your bridge between NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam is four hours long. I'm going to give you another setup. Do whatever you want with it. I don't care anymore. I usually do. Uh, four hours, good idea, bad idea. I can just see it in your face. You're, you're just thinking of a way to take this perfect setup and do something else with it. Let's go. I'll wait for you. Good idea, bad idea? Bad idea. Thank you. I knew it. <laughs> Why? Uh, uh, it's too long. I... Okay. I, I, I actually, it's a mix, right? I'm always happy to have a four-hour show. I love wrestling. I want to see more wrestling. That's fantastic. Um, and you know what? They say they have a strong card. They do. There's a lot of really good matches on this card. And if they can fill up four hours with it, fantastic. Unfortunately, building up to this show, the build for the card has been lackluster. I don't really care about any of these matches. A lot of them I expect to be fully great, realized, fantastic matches. They're going to be good. The people performing in them are going to be fantastic. But why do I care about almost any of these matches? I, I almost can't tell you any of what the matches are off the top of my head because I care that little about Okay, them. I have them written down. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten matches. Give them to me. How many can you name off the top of your head? There's right. ten of them. I know Taker versus Lesnar. You got one. I Rock know... versus Lesnar. Yeah, right. Rock versus Lesnar. I know uh, Cena versus Rollins. Two. Twenty percent. I think the Divas match has all three teams going at it. Three. I know that there is a fatal four-way for the tag titles. Four. But I have no idea who the participants are, to be honest. Who are the tag team champions right now? Primetime players. Okay, that took me a minute. It did. Um, who else is in that match? Lucha Dragons. There you go. Uh, New Day. There New Day. Go. And Matadors. Los Matadors. So you got it. All Just right. took you a minute. But all honestly, right, got... 
that's another one of those things where that's got, that black hole of charisma and that whole division, and I'm just like, who? I can't even think of those matadors under most circumstances. Like they're they're I, flashy, they're fun, but they're not for me. No. All right, you got four, okay. six more. <laughs> See, this is impossible. Okay, so uh, you've got Brock Taker, Cena, Rollins, tag. All titles, right, you got the Arrows versus uh, the Cosmic Kings. You're halfway there. Um. Okay, who am I missing on the roster? Uh, Dean Ambrose must be doing something. Yes. So he's with Roman Reigns versus the Wyatt family Six there. matches. Okay. So you already got a D. That's amazing. Oh, God. Who else is on this roster? What the heck is that? I don't even know if that's his theme. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. He's got a flag with his to. face on it. Oh, Rusev. Is that just versus Ziggler? Right now. I think that okay. changes, but we'll Okay, so that. that's maybe seven. And who else is on You're this? You're missing roster? a title. Which says something about Intercontinental this title. title? Yes. Who is the Intercontinental Champion? Oh, right back. <laughs> Triple threat. Yes. Miz you're and eight. Big Show. You've got two matches. They're both singles matches, and we've seen both of them multiple times already. Oh, that's right. Owens is doing something. So it's Owens and uh, Cesaro. There's nine. One more match to go. Oh, my God. Um, who else is on this roster? He's only, like, I think a 13-time world champion. It's fine. And the other one's holding a briefcase right now. Oh, Randall versus Sheamus. You got it. It just took you far longer than it should take someone on the day of a pay-per-view. Yeah, I to mean... To name all ten. I, I kind of forgot that Randall or Sheamus were in this company. I was doing the Rolodex in my mind, looking at all the names, tell the tape. Who is it? Who's there? Who's on these cards? And uh, they're yeah, after, those people... They're afterthoughts right now. Yeah, sure are. All right. So let's start there, because it's time for predictions and productions. Uh-huh. The new segment here on the Neighborhood Podcast. Uh, Randy Orton versus Sheamus. I don't believe... Predictions, productions. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but in P-Town, there's a place called the Dick Dock, and we're just going to leave it at that. I'm terrified to say anything. Mm Mm-hmm. You should be. Moving on. Randy Orton versus Sheamus. Speaking of a dick, Randy (laughs) Orton versus Sheamus. Hey, now, don't bully Randall. There's not bullying. He, yeah, he <laughs> oh, wouldn't you say he can that? Can you bully a bully, Mister? Absolutely. Picky? Hey, there. There's a non-retaliation policy on this podcast. Okay, so it doesn't matter what Randy Orton did. Does not excuse you to bully him back. The B word. All right. So speaking of the B word, the B word for this match, I think, will be boring. Boring. Rand, speaking of speaking of the bathroom breaks, it'll and, be a solid match, but. Is anything riding on this match? I don't believe it is for the briefcase, though that would be make it somewhat interesting. I think it's just a grudge match of some kind. Uh, Maybe I, they can be on the pre-show. No, the tag team titles. From what I've heard, I haven't gotten this confirmed yet, but I heard that the tag title match is now scheduled for the pre-show. I guess that makes Four sense. Four hours, you can't fit the titles. Ziggler versus Rusev would fit on the pre-show. Orton versus Sheamus would fit on the pre-show, but apparently we're going to defend the titles on the pre-show. Yeah. I got nothing to say about this match. I don't care about either participant at this stage of their... Who's going to win? Or are you so apathetic you're not even going to bother with a production? I mean, I'm just going to assume that Randy Orton wins, but I don't really care. See, I love I love it when you do that because I actually think I think this is Sheamus' win. 
Randy Orton beat Sheamus, I believe, in their last encounter. I think Sheamus wins, which gives him some modicum of more credibility. Right, I mean, you're right. If you think about it logically, they really should be building Sheamus to an eventual cash-in of that briefcase. And to make him a credible threat, he's got to start getting some big-time wins. And I guess this is a good place to start. I, I, uh, Did I just convert you? Mm, you know, I'll say Orton just so we have some uh, differences here. But, right. yeah, you're right. I think Sheamus maybe really does pull it out. All right. Then let's move on to the tag titles, if they're on the pre-show. You know, all the minorities can't make it onto the card. So you do have Primetime Players, New Day, Lucha Dragons, Matadors, Fatal Four Way for the tag titles, so the first pin wins. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, New Day seems like the obvious choice, but they already had the titles, and I don't see them as doing anything more with those titles than what they did with their last reign. You know, the back so, and which forth. Means being amazing. Well, yeah, but except their shtick is getting old at this point. Two of them wrestling, one on the outside, running interference. Like, I know that's what all heels do all the time, always, period, anyways. But that's just really their thing. It's it's become a shtick. It's it's not even engaging anymore. Like, it, all the stuff that they do is funny. I'm actually, I told you, I'm coming, I'm warming up to them, I'm coming around to them. Yeah, I can some, tell from the way you sound know, about how old and boring they Some of the stuff they've been doing backstage, I saw something on SmackDown where there was a guy backstage, and like they slapped the papers out of his hands, and, right, and they did the, the dunk on them and all that. Like, they're doing some fun stuff that makes me laugh. I like the goof. Um... And, you know, I've come around to the fact that the fact that I don't like them means they're doing a really good job. They really are, but the shtick that they're doing in the ring is just not entertaining anymore. Okay, I will give you that. Their in-ring work is a little, I won't say stale, but it's cookie cutter. Yeah, they, do very the stomp, they do the stomping, they do Xavier on the outside. They're amazing. Yeah. And their entrance alone is worth my time. Mm-hmm. But I will say they're getting here. Having said that, they are the new tag team champions. I am almost certain of it. I mean, I could see them sticking with the primetime players, although I, I don't know why, because they've held those belts for a while now and done nothing with them. But that's kind of the division in general, right? No matter who has those belts, nothing matters or happens. Well, so. I think, from what I've heard, the Usos should be making a return, which will help, kind of. Oh, God. Speaking of black holes of charisma currently on the roster... The Usos have zero personality. They are unfreaking watchable. If they came back and turned heel, they won't. But if they did, but they won't. Why not? Because they are the John Cena's of the tag team division. We'll get to this a little bit when we talk about the. And this is just my own fantasy booking, but I want them to turn heel if Roman Reigns turns heel and we get a Samoan faction of anger and okay. such. But I, you're right. They're too bright and colorful. They might be the John Cena of the tag team. But hey, you're right. They're coming back. You could repackage. You could potentially do it. You mm-hmm. could potentially do it. But I do think the tag team division needs something. Maybe it's Enzo and Cass. But I mean, you Maybe do. Maybe Enzo and Cass helps. But Enzo and Cass could come up and be strong heels, I think. I know everybody loves them, but they have the potential to be strong heels. Mm-hmm. You look at the Usos, and you think about that John Cena role that they potentially could fill. Who else in the tag division can do that? Primetime players are kind of, you know, goofy and friendly, but they don't have kid appeal. 
Lucha Dragons. Lucha Dragons potentially. And bright and colorful but the and thing flashy. With, but the only thing with them is they are very much a niche because of the luchador character gimmick they have. Fair point. I, I don't think they necessarily have that mainstream appeal that, you know, the Usos potentially could have in that face role. Yeah. So I just I see a void in the roster that the Usos do fill with their mm-hmm. current gimmick. And I think the point I make about them turning heel is right now you have New Day who are heels but that the internet wrestling fans can't get enough of. Primetime players are good guys. Lucha Dragons are good guys. The Matadors, I guess, have been heelish. I don't know how. Maybe it's the... Have they? I, I don't know. They were teaming with... The, there was an eight-man tag. It was Lucha Dragons and Primetime players versus New Day and Matadors. So I assume... I thought the, the Matadors... I, th- I saw that match. I kind of got the impression the Matadors and New Day were not on the same page. Oh, maybe that... I didn't yeah. watch it. I didn't yeah. see it. Which makes it... There are no heel tag teams right now. Harper and Rowan... I don't think are happening, though they could and would be a welcome thing in the tag division. Is Rowan even around anymore? He's injured, but I think oh, he's, okay. I, you know. You don't have any tag teams. Maybe Stardust and King you Bear. Have a, you have a large number of tag teams, and it says something that it seems like you have no tag teams I'm despite saying, that. Heel tag teams. Oh, yeah, sure. If the Usos turn heel, that adds a wrinkle to the tag division. Enzo and Cass coming up as heels, which I don't think they'll do. I think the Usos come back. They maintain their friendly thing, and the primetime players go back to being heels. They have the personality that fits that. I'm fine with any of that, as long as we get some heels besides New Day. Because you can't have your only heel tag team be the one that's getting the most cheap. That might be the reason why... I feel like a lot of what they're doing is stale is because they're the only ones doing any sort of heel stuff. Yeah. I'm not getting any variation in who I'm seeing on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. I do think that Stardust and Barrett, nothing's happening with them right now after this whole Arrow thing goes away. They'd make a fine addition to the tag team division for five months, six months. Sure. Give them something to do. So, while we're on that subject, the Cosmic Kings, did you see the promo where... Uh, Barrett has like a cape that's now kind of futuristic. And... Did you see the promo where Stardust gifted him that armor? I did not. I need to watch all of this. Oh, it was brilliant. I, I, I need to catch it was up. When, it was when uh, he was coronated as the Cosmic King by Stardust. Oh, I missed it. It was it was, it was was garbage, but it was very good. As long good. as it's entertaining garbage, I'm I liked happy it. with it. I enjoyed it. Everything Stardust puts his hands on these days, I enjoy. So. Arrows versus the Cosmic Kings. Yeah, I'm not on. expecting it to be a phenomenal match with the celebrity participant, but it I think it will be quote unquote fine. It'll be entertaining. And for the mainstream fan, seeing seeing Stephen Amell in some sort of arrow getup, we're gonna see Neville in a red okay, here's, arrow. Okay, here's the question. Does Stephen Amell come out in a green arrow yes. getup? Or does his overlords at the CW and DC say no, 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 no. This is our character. You are not approved to use this on a wrestling show. He product. will come out in a getup that looks very much like the Arrow. Maybe it won't be green. I think he'll be wearing green pants. Green pants? Maybe a green armband. Will he team with blue pants? I doubt it. And be the primary color pants? I'm not sure that they do Actually, mixed green, tag matches very much on the main color. roster anymore. Although we were just talking about potentially doing one later in the show. but So... I think the entrances will be great. Mainstream fans will get a kick out of it. Yeah. Who do you think wins? Uh, Amel. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 
he'll pin, you know, he'll pin after Neville the red hit. arrow. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 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 All right. We're on the same page for that. Uh, Ziggler and Rusev, I do think has the potential to become a mixed tag match. It should be a mixed tag match. There is no point in watching Ziggler and Rusev fight each other again. There is a point in seeing Lana as a wrestler for the first time. I think. Maybe oh, Lana. Oh, Lana. How far you have fallen. When they broke up, I really thought she was going to be the it girl for WWE. She Not going to happen. She had all she had all the attention on her. The universe loved her. And they have done nothing but squander her potential on a weekly basis for however many months it's been now. Yep. And she is on the verge of being completely irrelevant. There's only one way to save her. How's that? We talked about it on Twitter. With Henry Higgins and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, she absolutely. needs she needs, needs to go to finishing school. We need she needs to go to finishing school. Santino Morella needs to be a part of it. And she comes back. She goes away for a while. We see some funny vignettes. She comes back in six or eight weeks with much better English. She's now, you know, quote unquote American. And they pretend this whole Russian thing never happened. And I'm just, I mean, yeah, obviously, people with accents have a problem in the WWE. They feel like, for whatever reason, those characters are incapable of connecting with the mainstream audience. Cesaro is facing a similar issue now, I think. Although he might be overcoming it. I don't know. We'll see how the extent of the push goes. But But Lana would benefit since, I don't, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that's a natural accent for her. So Her name is CJ Perry. Right. She was in, like, a girl band at one point. Yeah, so, I mean, I think she would benefit from losing that oh, from absolutely. her character. But one thing I want to talk about, this is, like, my weekly moment of serious talk. Sure. And we'll talk about Lana here. Lana was, I think, a fantastic character. She was connecting with the audience when she was with Rusev. And she did that because she was a... And whether you recognize this or not, she was a powerful female Character, And, I mean, I don't want to necessarily have a pro-feminist rant here, but that's exactly what she was. She was a strong feminine character. And she she was powerful. She controlled this brute of a man. Mm-hmm. She had complete dominance over anybody she wanted. When she said crush, that man crushed. She had this cachet. And that, I think, is part of the reason why people connected and liked her and cheered her. Because, obviously, she's very, you know, very attractive, very good-looking young woman, and she was using that to her advantage. But she was using her sexuality knowingly to control things in her favor. She Now, she's using her sexuality to attract somebody to fight her battle for her in a way that seems like she has given up her, her independence. She's given... The, the power is gone. She's, yes. She's now the smiley, almost bubbly she's arm candy Before for she Dolph was Ziggler. in charge and now she's valet. Yes. She, that's, there's not, all that power has just gone out the window. She's deflated excellent, as a character. Excellent. And point. you took this strong feminine character that connected with the audience and they loved and as her power dissipated, so has the audience's interest in her. What does that say about how you're now writing this character? I... I mean, there are so few really, truly strong female characters that to lose her, I think, is way more detrimental than it would be for, you know, losing some other popular character. Um, I think she really had a unique thing on the roster, and it's just gone now. This is why the Neighborhood Podcast 
is so good in the last three, four weeks, you're not going to find that kind of insight, besides maybe on NAI Pod, on any other wrestling podcast that I can think of. That is Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, setting down a lesson, folks, <laughs> on that change, because that's exactly it. You are yep. exactly right. Uh, who wins, Ziggler or Rusev? Not that it matters at this point. Yeah, it doesn't matter, but I assume Ziggler. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, all right, let's move on here. Just because I don't want to talk about it very much, the IC title triple threat match, now that you've determined who the Intercontinental Champion is. <laughs> uh, Ryback versus The Big Show versus The Miz. The, the story has not been bad. It's a little overdone because it was supposed to happen a month ago and they were too lazy to do anything new, so they're just doing it over again. Uh, who do you think wins this triple threat match? Ryback. I'm going to say The Miz. Do I really think that's what's going to happen? No. I want. I, I think The Miz would be a good choice. But I'm hoping. Yeah. I will be cheering. I will watch that match solely. Uh, they're all talented enough. But I will be watching that match solely to cheer for The Miz. So if he wins, I will I will be as excited as I was when Blue Pants came I out I think last this night. match makes or breaks Ryback's career. That's a fair point. Um, they have tried very hard to get him over on a couple of occasions with different titles. Mm-hmm. They have just recently done the DB rub. Daniel Bryan coming back, getting in that ring. <laughs> that sounds so bad. And but and the last time I think Ryback was IC champion, they did the same thing yes. with DB in the ring, giving him the rub. They're replaying that whole thing with hoping it'll work. Hoping it'll work this time. And I honestly think that if Ryback does not come out of this looking strong, having established his character as championship material, this is it for Ryback. Mm-hmm. He's going to squander in the mid card for the rest of his career till he's future endeavored. This is his chance to possibly cement himself. I don't know if he ever makes it to the heavyweight title again, but this is where he cements himself as a solid upper mid-card guy Mm -hmm. who potentially is the guy who new people ascending to the heavyweight scene have to go through. He could fill that role for some time. I I think he could become the guy who's kind of on the periphery of the main event scene. He's the guy who goes in there, and when you need to fill a hole in your card, he can step in. He's got the look, potentially. And, you know, the audience does want to like him, but he just needs to get over that hump. Mm -hmm. I I think it's going to take more than just this match to do. Yes. Big Show and Miz as much as I like them both for different reasons, are not, you know, he needs a statement win. If this was Ryback, Cesaro, Owens, and Ryback won, that speaks volumes for what they want to do. I think a win for him is good, and it makes that title mean something, because it means nothing right now. Yes. But I'm, I'm, I can't be unbiased here. I hope the Miz wins. I would even be happy if the Big Show won if this was like an emeritus title so he could lose it to Neville in right. some sort of, you know, David and Goliath kind of thing. That is probably where Big Show goes next, right, Neville? I think so. I think yeah. Big Show and Neville are, are next up. All right, so you say Ryback, I say the Miz. We'll see. Um, Owens and Cesaro. I, no matter who wins, we win. Uh, that's the match. I'm, I think I ranked it when I ranked all the match. You didn't read it, but I ranked nope. all of the all twenty matches from the NXT tapings, Takeover, SummerSlam, and I put Owens and Cesaro as the number one match I'm looking forward to. So my wife 
this is kind of an aside. My wife mentioned to my father yesterday that I'm doing a podcast now uh, with you on professional wrestling. Yes. My father has never understood wrestling one bit. And so he kind of processed this information. I was surprised he knew what a podcast was, but he did. And he kind of just processed for a second, and then he said, and you have something to talk about on a regular basis for a fake wrestling show? And that's it's taking a step back. That's sort of how I feel sometimes when I when you start telling me about these articles you write. I ranked all 20 matches or something, and I'm just like, how on earth did you write 10,000 words about a single weekend of professional wrestling? I felt like my father there for a second. That, that was my point. It, no, that's just that's just fine. I it was something I wanted. It just pops into my head, and thanks to NewAgeInsiders.com, hey, I right. have an avenue to do Unlike it. Unlike my father, I appreciate the fact you have an avenue. There is an audience, and I respect what you're doing. And in, you know, sooner or later, I'll probably start writing some articles again. I hope so, but we'll see. Well, though, we, we you, you you're you're putting out such wisdom here that I almost want to capture it so that in this place we can do that all right so owens and cesaro we win that's very true owens or cesaro who do you got winning um man i don't know i i think i maybe cesaro because cesaro seems like the guy that they're trying to build right now and they clearly don't give a crap about owens so i can't say that owens was in the main event of takeover and is in a high profile match at SummerSlam. you can't say they don't care about him you're he, right, but... He would have lost to Apollo Crews if they didn't care about him. Well, I guess you're right. But I'm not convinced that, they, that they're convinced he's ever going to be more than a mid-card guy. And I don't think they really think that Cesaro is going to be anything more... I, I, see, it's a catch-22. I don't really feel like they're behind either of these guys. I think they are enough. And yeah. if and when this match steals the show tonight, I think they have to give him a second look. One's too Swiss, the other's too chunky... Yep. But they are too talented. Their words, not yours, by yeah, the way. Exactly. Yeah. They are too talented to be ignored. I'm saying Owens wins because he's not going to lose twice in a row. He's not going to lose to Balor and then to Cesaro. Oh, that's a good point. So I think Owens wins, which gives him some, you know, he can come out on Raw and say, yes, I lost at NXT, but I beat you know, I won in WWE. I lost at NXT because really mentally I'm not even there anymore. I'm a WWE guy now. and Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But like you said, it, that's the match I'm looking forward to. No matter who wins, we win. So I'd open the show with it because that's the match you give them 15, 20 minutes. I'd rather have it around the 10 o'clock hour only because uh, there's so, it's so long and there's so much going on. I'm going to need something to re-energize me partway through the show. You might be right. But I, you know, if they're not going to have the tag title, you know, you're not yeah. going to start with Ryback. But realistically, they've got enough big matches towards the end of that card that this thing yeah. doesn't handle. If they start with Orton and Sheamus, something is terribly wrong. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns, Ambrains versus the Wyatts. Lots of build here. Lots of intrigue. The internet wrestling world is convinced someone is going to turn on someone else during this match. What do you think? I think Reigns wins. The end. As much as I want someone to turn, as much as I want something interesting to come out of this feud, you don't see it. I don't. I don't think they they are on a single track with Roman Reigns. 
nobody else in that match matters. I don't. This is this is the Reigns show again. Yeah, I, okay. I, I think all this since WrestleMania, the entire thing with Roman Reigns is keeping him out of the spotlight, but building him. Mm-hmm. My complaint going into last year was this was not somebody with a history as a singles competitor, and I know technically this isn't a singles match. But what they're doing is they're just keeping him in the background and they're slowly just building his his record. And they're just nonchalantly saying, oh, this is the guy we should care about, this is the guy we should care about, this is the guy we should care about. So inevitably he's in the main event of the next WrestleMania. Hopefully people don't revolt as much as they did last time. But I think they're being so transparent in doing this, not actually developing him as a character, that I think people are going to revolt again. Now, that said, all the theories that are out there, I would love to see someone turn heel. I would love, particularly personally, for Dean Ambrose to turn heel, because I think he's got a lot of potential as a heel. Mm -hmm. However, if I'm going to go pie in the sky, I would want Roman Reigns to turn heel, because Roman Reigns is a terrible face. He... He's not interesting. He's another one of those almost black holes of charisma that we've been talking about. He's not interesting. Nothing he does. He doesn't talk particularly well. I always said he was best in the shield when he didn't talk. All he ever said was, believe that. He's a physically imposing man. He's an enforcer. Going back to earlier, like Kevin uh, Nash as Diesel, he never said anything. He didn't have to say anything. He was just physically imposing, and he could kick your ass because he was seven feet tall. You know what? You turn Roman Reigns heel... And he just lets his actions speak for him, and that could be a strong character for him. So what I'm hearing, and I think we've had this discussion before, either online or face-to-face, you essentially want him to become Baron Corbin. I want him to become Kevin Nash. Which is what Baron Corbin is. But Baron Corbin is... Gimmick-wise, I'm not talking about talent. I'm saying you want him to come in, run over people. No, I don't want him to run over people, necessarily, I don't think he needs to just be booked as a power character. He can have these back-and-forth matches that he's sort of having. But here's the thing. The most interesting characters, or at least, maybe not most interesting, but looking at traditionally the most popular mainstream characters, they're all anti-heroes. And Roman Reigns, as a straight face right now, isn't doing it. The S.H.I.E.L.D. were very popular because they were Mm anti-heroes. If he changes his character back to something more like what he was in the S.H.I.E.L.D., ostensibly a heel, but really he's just looking out for number one, instead of this, you know, being super friendly to everybody garbage that he's doing, and giving really weak promos, that would help him, I think. I don't know if people would accept it or not. I don't know if he's got the range to carry that anti-hero persona by himself without... You know, Rollins and Ambrose there to really pick up the promo work for him. I'm not sure yet, but I do know he's stronger than he was, uh, you know, promo-wise, than he was when they first split as a group. So maybe he's capable of carrying that himself. Certainly he'd have to do less talking. He'd only have to look more and be more imposing. Uh, I think it's a win-win all around. It plays to his strengths. It plays to what a mainstream audience would actually maybe want to get behind. And since they want him to be popular, maybe that's how you do it. His current character, not working. I would love that for all the reasons you said and more. I'm going to say Ambrose turns because it's the easy. And, and it's now, not like bad. I, like it's I said, not a man, bad idea. Roman Reigns turning, that was pie in the sky. I even said yeah. that when I started. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think that makes more sense based off of where they want to end up. No. I think Ambrose turns because it's the easiest thing to do. Agreed. And then Roman Reigns is being abandoned by both of his S.H.I.E.L.D. brothers, which allows 
you know, whether or not he's going to come out and say he's being bullied by Dean Ambrose now. He's, you know, he's now, it, it builds his sympathy more to be turned on by not one, but two. I, I think that's the complete wrong way to go with that character. You might be right. You might. I mean, oh, poor me. I'm seven feet tall. I'm so charismatic that they put me out here and they think I can just win over the crowd because, oh, woe is me. I'm making so much money. When did you think that Roman Reigns is seven feet tall? Well, he's pretty tall. He's six foot three. Whatever. He's the, the way they, that's they, nine inches. Yeah, I know. But the way they shoot him, they want they make you want yes, to think you, that he's yes, larger huge, than life. Correct. But, that's what they want you to think. Even though you're right, they don't bill him at seven feet even because no. he's not really. But they want you to think that he's this big, imposing, physically imposing guy. And he and he is physically imposing. Yes. But yeah, I, I don't All know. Right. It, it just there's a, there's incongruity there that I just mm. I, I'm fine. I just think that's what happens. They they whether or not they put Dean Ambrose. In, I think we can all agree that nothing happens with the Wyatts. No, they just stagnate. No, although again maybe again this is probably just my dream scenario, an Ambrose Wyatt alliance does makes, nothing for either of those guys. I think an Ambrose Wyatt. Now, granted, you've got Roman Reigns in. Or you've got Seth Rollins as a heel champion if John Cena were to win the title. And we're we're unfortunately running out of time because somebody that both of us know has invited us out for breakfast in a short amount of time and we have things to do before that. However, if John Cena wins the title, a Bray Wyatt-Dean Ambrose alliance to try to take him out, I think is interesting. Sure. But again, that's now going four or five steps ahead. I think Dean turns. Let's move on. Uh, Diva triple threat, bad, Bellas, PVC pipe. Who wins? We've we've talked about the Divas, I think, enough in the last few weeks. I think probably Team Change wins. Probably. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm just going to start calling them Team Change. I, I like that name. Yeah, I like that name. Team Change wins. Paige, Charlotte, Becky. I think you're right. And that continues the Divas revolution kind of thing. All right. That takes us to our last two matches. We don't have to spend a ton of time on them because we've talked about these enough over the last few weeks. We've seen enough promo packages on them for the last few weeks that I kind of just want to lie down. Uh, Cena and Rollins, title for title. Who wins? I mean, I was really thinking it was going to go to a no contest. They both keep their titles. But after the ridiculously awesome promo contract signing on Raw last week, you should have watched that segment, DC. I'm telling you, that is the strongest promo I have seen on WWE television in some time. It's probably exactly what you think it is, but Cena just went out there and he gave the promo of his life railroading Seth Rollins. And to Seth Rollins' credit, he stood there, he took it, he gave... He, in his facial expressions and actions, he became more and more frustrated with the things that John Cena was saying. And at the end, instead of trying to get on the mic and saying some sort of weaselly, cowardly heel thing, he just threw the mic down and you could see the frustration in Seth Rollins. And that segment just worked. And because of the main topic of that segment was John Cena saying he's going to become the 16-time World Heavyweight Champion... I think it becomes increasingly likely that he wins this match. Um, again, I think I'd really like to see them both leave with their titles. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, based, up, based off the strength of that promo, I could see it. I could see John Cena going over. 16-time world heavyweight champion. If I 
if they don't include it in the promo package, I will have to go watch it because a lot of people have told me that it was good. I, you know, these long promos just kill me when I'm. I mean, you to could watch. probably skip everything before John Cena comes out. All right, there's some back and forth with Rollins and the Authority that was forgettable, but from then, maybe there's some good background there that sets up what Cena's going to say. But it was the strongest promo I've seen in some time. I've been saying John Cena's going to win since the Hogan fiasco. I'm going to stick with it, especially now based on what you just said. I think Cena wins. I think he's the 16-time world champion. This is kind of his coronation as the greatest of all time. And we move on from there. I don't know if you've heard the rumor that apparently there's supposed to be the beginning of some big angle on Monday. We could see what, the, you know, it's apparently Raw is supposed to have some big angle. I'm ter- like Kurt Angle? I don't I wish. I'm terrified it's going to just be Vince McMahon's 70th birthday party. Oh, it probably but, is. But who okay. knows? And I think Cena winning kind of puts us in that direction. So I think Cena wins. I think as much as I would like them both to keep their titles, I think the fact that the next match is going to have a fishy ending means the Cena-Rollins match has a clean finish, and I say Cena wins. Um, I don't know if you know this, Doc. Brock Lesnar is going to fight The Undertaker tonight. They haven't made a big deal about it. Shh, don't tell anyone. Yeah. But they're going to fight tonight. Did you watch Raw last week? Did you watch Paul Heyman's promo in Minnesota about Brock Lesnar? Glory, glory, Brock Lesnar! Yes, I did. I was singing that all week long. Paul Heyman could come out with the phone book and I'd watch. The fact that he started singing uh, just made me so happy. It was fantastic. So very uh, happy. Yeah, he's doing... I, mean, I just gave credit to John Cena for the strongest promo I've seen in some time. But Paul Heyman is the most consistently strong guy he's on, on a, He's on a level yes. that just transcends no one else, everyone. No else. one else touches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to see the promo package. So, hold le- on a second. At least what do you think happens in this match? I don't think we get a winner. Okay, why not? Brock Lesnar won at WrestleMania a year and a half ago. Why don't we get Taker winning, rubber match, at next WrestleMania? I think the fact that there's not going to be a winner leads to the rubber match, whether it's at WrestleMania or on another But even event. if Taker picks up the win, there's still cause for there a is match. going to there is There are problems with both The Undertaker winning and Brock Lesnar winning. Now, if Kane comes out to help or hurt his brother... That might change things. Sure. But there is a problem if you have Brock Lesnar, this beast, lose to a 50-year-old man, regardless of how much better shape he's in, how dirty he fights, all of that. I don't think that really grates. I understand what you're saying, but it's The Undertaker. I get that. He gets a pass just off of his history. I think that that is true, but I think there's going to be... Now, granted, people are going to have problems no matter what happens, but... I think Agreed. there's harm to be done to some extent in having Brock Lesnar lose clean. There's harm to be done to the legacy of The Undertaker if Undertaker loses clean. Despite the fact that this is going to main event the show, I think this ends without a winner. Whether it's a double disqualification, double countout, no contest, this is going to end and that feud is going to last you know, we're going to see them in a street fight, last man standing, no holds barred kind of match before this is over. Maybe it's a WrestleMania, maybe it's before then. 
but I don't, you know, with all of the build they've I just, been I just, it, I just think that um, Undertaker wins this match. Okay. And now, between now and WrestleMania, he does his farewell tour. He's around doing some stuff, and he's leading up to his retirement match at WrestleMania in Texas, home state. And you know what? I think it makes perfect sense. You say that Brock Lesnar gets hurt by losing here, but you're right. But he only has limited dates anyways. We weren't going to see Brock Lesnar again until a month before WrestleMania. So you know what happens here? Taker wins. He has his dominant farewell tour from now until WrestleMania. The Beast comes back and the Beast says, I took from you the streak and now I am taking from you your career. He retires Undertaker at WrestleMania. He comes back strong and then Lesnar feuds with whoever the World Heavyweight Champion is at that time. I have absolutely no problem. And his character's not hurt. I have absolutely no problem with that. I just think... I don't know. You could be you could be totally right. I'd love to see it. I'm a big Undertaker fan. I mean, whatever damage Brock gets in losing to Taker, he regains because he's not going to be back until WrestleMania anyways. You may have just talked me into it. Yeah. As long as it's booked that way. Now, if, right. Doc, Man- not be. if Doc Manson becomes head of WWE creative, then by all means, let You're that right. be the case. Logic never really rules the roost there, though. That's a perfect storyline. I think something happens. I think Kane, with a mask and the fire, sure. plays some impact. I still can't decide if he helps or hurts Taker. Mm. But I think something weird happens. We have questions leading into... Yeah, the post SummerSlam. I wouldn't be down. I wouldn't be against that either. So, all right. all right, my friends, we have covered NXT Takeover, we have covered SummerSlam. You are now as as if you didn't have enough wrestling in your weekend. You've now spent the last ninety two minutes listening to us break it down, set it up, melt some faces, cast some pods. Any final thoughts, sir, before we wrap this up? I don't think so. All I can really say is it's. It's an interesting time. Based off of what happens tonight, we could be having a whole new setup on Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. It's going to be an interesting time to be a wrestling fan. There, There is a chance that we could... Or it could be really boring. Well, now I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do. There, this, is, this, is the cha- this is an opportunity to kind of wipe the slate clean and start fresh. With a lot of these guys. With a lot of these guys. We could, we and could, gals. And gals. People. People. People power. People up. All right. Like yeah. ROH fans, people, people up. We'll be back next week at some point to talk. We'll probably actually get to talk a little more Ring of Honor. We'll talk about the fallout from SummerSlam. This is Doc Manson, the unendorsed, unofficial member of the neighborhood. You can reach him at Doc Manson. How many followers do you have? I think I'm at 54. Fif- I, lo- I lost one yesterday, so you, I don't know what's going on. We're going to find him. Um, he's at 54. Let's get him up to, let's shoot for, I'm going to go pie in the sky. Let's shoot for 75 by the next time we meet. Seems unlikely, but you never know. We'll go for it. I'm DC Matthews, Chief of Staff of the New Age Insiders, at DC Matthews, NAI, for Doc. I'm DC. See you around the neighborhood.